Welcome to another episode of Two Peas on a Podcast. Counting down movies, music, TV, and pop culture. One top five at a time. And now, here are the two peas. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into another episode of Two Peas on a Podcast. This is Gerald with you. I am so happy that you joined us again this week. We have a fun topic for you this week, a fun top five countdown. We're diving back into the mouse, Mickey Mouse and his his ways. You know, he just owns everything. So what we're going to count down is centered around Walt Disney and Disney tonight. But you know what else is really exciting is I have a first time guest on the show. The other P on the pod tonight has never been on the program before, but we've been chatting online for a while and he has a really cool podcast himself that I think kind of lends to the topic we're doing tonight a little bit, I would say. Let's say what's up to Perry. Now Perry's joining us from a podcast called Banter. I hardly know her. (laughs) <laughs> which is a I thought I had a clever title Perry so I don't know what you're doing over there you're trying to outdo me but uh, welcome to the show man how you doing yeah doing well thanks for having me on man uh, I appreciate the um, the compliment on the, the title of the show we uh, we tried to get creative it's a it's a joke from the office and we have lots of people asking us all the time what does that mean like <laughs> is, is that like an innuendo of something right. some kind right I mean well I come from the food and beverage industry so uh, as a bartender for many years and a bar manager later on in my career uh, i can tell you that the liquor i hardly know her joke has been used many many times uh when yep. we talk about liquor uh, as an alcohol and then we use that kind of dad joke uh, whenever we get an opportunity to do so so i really appreciated the name banter i hardly know her so why don't you tell everyone real quick just kind of briefly since you've never been on the show before uh you might have a lot of people kind of hearing you for the first time here on the peas so what is your show all about what what do you got going on over there yeah, absolutely. My show, uh, so I co-host the show Banter I Hardly Know Her with uh, my buddy Wes. Um, I've known him for quite a few years, so we've, we've got some good camaraderie between the two of us. And we decided to uh, create the show a little over a year ago where we break down all kinds of TV, movies, entertainment related topics, um, a lot of animation as well. We're big animation fans in Disney, so that's kind of where the the relevancy to this topic comes in. Right. Um, and we use a lot of top tens. Um, we love to rank things. That's something we love to do for sure. Um, and we draft. Uh, we have draft style episodes. We've we've got some interviews with industry veterans. We've had a couple of our favorite movie. Um, we've had a director on the show. We've had a animator on the show. Awesome. We've had show creators of of tv shows and whatnot so that's awesome man um yeah it's been a blast yeah it's a cool show i was telling you when i was looking through your catalog earlier today actually because i knew we were recording there's a couple episodes that i can't wait to listen to and i'm like i can't do it yet because of what we're recording tonight because i don't want to spoil some things that you probably mentioned on your episodes but why don't you tell everyone real 
quick before we go any further, what are we counting down tonight? How would you phrase it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Top five Disney characters, um, I guess, not villains included because right. villains are going to come at a later date, mm-hmm. um, but top five Disney-owned uh, movie characters. Yeah. So, did pretty exciting. Did you stay pretty hardline to movies, though? Because I know this could branch out a little bit with Disney Plus now and sure. TV pro- properties as well. I stuck to film. What about you? Um, so... <laughs> My my top five will all be from film, and okay. uh, my honorable mentions might stretch out just a little bit into the fringe, but okay. um, every character on this list has been in some kind of feature film uh, under the Disney canon. So, Well, you're obviously a big big Disney fan, and when we were chatting, uh, remind me, but didn't you mention that you worked at Disney or you're working at Disney? I did. I did. 2016, I worked uh, in Magic Kingdom oh, uh, for the summer there, so that was a blast, one of my favorite experiences of all time. That's good to say man how did you ever leave there i mean it's just uh, especially <laughs> in 20, drag me. especially this time of you know with everything going on right now i mean where else would anybody want to be but magic kingdom you know yeah they had to drag me out kicking and screaming that's for sure <laughs> i can imagine man all right well i'm excited <laughs> to see how our lists go here perry because i you know i have young kids uh, i have a baby who's 18 months old he's starting to <laughs> literally and i mean starting like in the last couple weeks uh getting into mickey mouse clubhouse you know the disney Junior, of course. Show of with course. all the all the kind of main characters that that are featured on that show, and then I have a seven year old son who I don't want to give away too many titles, but he's into a lot of the you know Pixar stuff and movies that would kind of be in that you know perfect for like seven to ten year old kind of range. And then I have a daughter who's nineteen in college, and she loves all the old school Disney, like kind of the vintage okay. vintage stuff, because she's like you know a film noir person, you know, so she loves <laughs> that old classic cinema. So I, I have a little bit of Disney all over the place because of my connection with my with my kids, but I think it sounds like you have more of a personal connection. You just told me you just moved to Orlando. I did, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm in Orlando right now. Just moved from uh, Indiana, from north uh, northern Indiana, and um, been here for six weeks or so now. Okay. But um, yeah, Disney for me has been like kind of a more acquired taste later on I guess like I watched Disney movies growing up mm-hmm. but it wasn't till like high school when I just started really getting into animation and Disney in particular I um, was I planned a, a vacation as like a senior trip for my family to go to uh, Disney World and so leading up to that I like got super into the movies trying to get ready to go to Disney World so yeah. um, and then just recently last year 2019 I watched all 58 um, Walt Disney animated movies uh, in the in the years, so. you, were, you were mentioning that to me as well, man. That's crazy. That's awesome. I wish I could find the time to do that, man, because they do have just such good. I mean, just classics that's just going to stand the test of time. You know, of course, not all of them, but I mean, they have a ton. Yeah, yeah. That that'll just yeah. last forever. I mean, literally timeless. Yeah. All right, man. Absolutely. So I'm excited. So Perry's here from Banter. I hardly know her. And uh, he's a friend of the show, and I'm so glad he's finally on here as a guest host with me to do our top five Disney characters. We're in the pipe. Five by five. All right, man. So I'm going to let you get a started, Perry. Okay. So you're the guest. Great. You're the guest on the show. We're doing our top five. So what is your number five Disney character, man? All right. My number five. So I went into Pixar first. Um, I went with kind of the character that started it all for Pixar, Woody from the Toy Story franchise. Right now, poised at the edge of the galaxy. Emperor Zurg has been secretly building a weapon with a destructive capacity to annihilate an entire planet. I alone have information that reveals this weapon's only weakness. And you, my friend, are responsible for delaying my rendezvous with Star Command! 
You are a toy! You weren't the real Buzz Lightyear, you're a... Uh, you're an action figure! You are a child's plaything! You are a sad, strange little man, and you have my pity. Farewell. Oh, yeah, well, good riddance, you loony. Yeah, I uh, I was, I should have mentioned in the intro, but I'm curious about crossover for us. Now, this is one that's on my list as well. He's a little bit, okay. he's a little bit higher on my list, and I'll talk, okay. I'll talk about it when it, when it comes around to me. But why did you decide, you know, if you're talking Toy Story, why did you land on Woody here? Because I got to be honest, I kind of battled with quite a few characters from the Toy Story franchise, and I landed on Woody as well. Yeah, uh, honestly, right on. It's the exact same for me. I, I struggled. Like you know, Buzz is a great character. There's plenty of great characters from the Toy Story franchise, and just Pixar in general. And I thought to myself, like, I just am such a big Pixar fan as well, and I knew I needed to have mm-hmm. some kind of Pixar representation on my list. So Woody seemed like the choice for that because of like those first three movies are so just heartfelt, touching, and he the, the the problems that Woody deals with in every movie are so like real to I don't know just anybody can can deal with some of the stuff that he deals with from from just like you know feeling like you know in the fourth movie where he doesn't have like a, a purpose uh, mm-hmm. he's looking for that that purpose or sense of belonging to uh, the third movie where it's like battling with change and uh, moving on and um, just he deals with different real life issues in every movie in a way that you don't often get from a kids movie you know quote unquote so right and actually I have to issue an apology right away because I just I was talking to you when you when you said Woody and then I just pulled my list up while you were talking and Woody's actually in my honorable mentions he's my number six okay he's my number six he just missed my top five but he was in my top five for quite a while and in my mind I was thinking oh yeah he's coming up on my list but yeah he was in my honorable mentions yeah I mean I I echo everything you just said I feel like you know he's the patriarch of the Toy Story franchise I mean Woody is kind of the face of that movie franchise I think that he fell in my honorable mentions for me and wasn't a little bit higher up because I also have gotten to the point after the four films and a lot of the shorts that I really like to um, you know Toy Story that time forgot and the Halloween one I absolutely love me and my mm-hmm. kids watch that every year um, I feel like Buzz and Woody are kind of a duo at this point you know what I mean they kind of go together I feel like yeah for sure and, and I did for put sure. them in my movie duos the two of them so I don't know if maybe that's why um, but if you go back to the first one I mean Woody obviously kind of started it all from you know at least from like a non-human character standpoint in that franchise so great pick man uh, I think it's, I don't know, Toy Story's up there for me as far as Pixar goes. Maybe we can talk a little bit more about that as the night goes on. Mm-hmm, so, for sure. So my number five uh, might be a bit of a curveball, man. And, you know, you hit me up and earlier, I think it was today or maybe yesterday, and you were like, are we doing live action? And you like blew my mind. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> like, oh my God, are we? <laughs> so I hadn't initially. And then when you said that, I'm like, started thinking of, are there any worthy live action characters to go on my list? And one of them ended up making my 10 total that I have here. And it's the one that I have at number five. And I'm only talking about specifically from the first film, because this film has had, I think, well, I will say way too many, but I want to say it's had three sequels, I think. But it's from 2003's The Curse of the Black Pearl, and it's Captain Jack Sparrow. All right. Portrayed by Johnny Depp. I mean, come on, man. He got nominated for an Academy Award for this. Uh, (laughs) You know, he he based his character on the the label for Captain Morgan Rum, you know, the pirate on the front of the rum bottle. And he just kind of embodied that character that always kind of seemed like he was a little drunk. But he was so witty and so clever and so smart that he he obviously wasn't drunk because of some of the stuff he was getting away with. He's just so charming and cunning and 
this was when Johnny Depp, when you kind of thought maybe like he wasn't going to have any more big hits in, in the box office. And here he comes with this just wonderful film. Uh, Orlando Bloom's great in this movie, Kira Knightley. It's uh, my favorite by far of the Pirates films. And I also love how it was spawned from this kind of cheesy ride at Disney World, too. Uh, yeah. It is a really cool story, kind of throwback to that to that ride that's been there for, I don't even you might know how long, but it's been there for a long time. Uh, yeah. So what do you think about this pick, man? Well, uh, I'll just go ahead and spoil it. It's uh, it's crossover right there. Oh, That's, okay. Uh, that being the, I'm not gonna go crazy into detail at this point as to where it is on my list, but uh, that that was probably the the main reason I asked if we're doing live action because I was thinking about um, <laughs> right. if he would make my list. So, but yeah, great pick. Well, just such an iconic character. But you're right that the it does tail off after the first movie. I, I'm a huge fan of the franchise, but it tails off quite a bit. Yeah, that first one is a great stand alone man I, I just showed that to my son this year actually and I, I'm not even and maybe this is my fault but I'm like not even considering showing him the sequels like I showed him the mm. first that's such a one good movie do you mean like that one movie um and even people that love the sequels and if you do that's that's fine I just I don't think they are necessary to enjoy that first one as much as you do you know this is this is true yeah I think the second and the third are both highly enjoyable movies they were made together kind of right similar to like you know the the next like avatar sequel uh, are going to be made together, you know, so they're a cohesive story. But then after the second and the third, they like just kind of crapped out a couple more uh, that are not nearly to the quality, and the characters are different. This this fifth one that came out, I don't remember what year, 2017, I think, mm-hmm. is just Jack Sparrow is a different character. He's a drunk. He's not clever. Everything happens by accident. I was I was pretty annoyed with with that movie. So right. Dead Man Tell No Tales is the is oh that right. Most recent yeah, one. I, don't, I don't even think I saw that one. If I'm being honest, I think I. Saw saw all the ones before i think i saw all the ones before that one but yeah i mean this first one though man i mean you know i, I said all i want to say and i know you're gonna be talking about it here in a little bit so i'll we'll, we'll move on but i love captain jack sparrow particularly in that first film uh portrayed by johnny depp so that's my number five and we're over to you for your four perry what do you got all right i got uh, this this could be a little curveball for you i've got cronk from the emperor's new groove okay good one so this is a movie that fan favorite for me personally. It is one of the most rewatchable movies in Disney's history. Um, I've got a little bit of an extra soft spot for Kronk because um, I've got a, a sketch of him on my uh, on my wall above my desk that was drawn by his lead animator um, okay. Tony Bancroft. So that's little little special place in my heart for that reason. Um, but he is just a hilarious fourth wall breaking character. Just mm-hmm. just he's. So so meta that in the sense that like you know he something's gonna happen in the movie and you're like Kronk how did how did this happen he's like honestly I don't know it doesn't make sense you know like it's right. he is a hilarious character and uh, I think he makes the movie yeah he's great um, that he's portrayed by David Putty right from Seinfeld I don't what's the actor's uh, name I can't remember the actor pa- Patrick Warburton that's Patrick right Warburton that's yeah. right yeah I don't know if you're a Seinfeld fan but he played Putty on that a Julie Louis I've seen, Dreyfus I've seen a few yeah okay <laughs> but <on laughs> I haven't Seinfeld, seen all he, of them <laughs> he's such a he's such a deadpan recurring character on Seinfeld. He's one of my favorites. I love that show in the 90s. Um, so hearing yeah. his voice was really cool for me too. But I know this is a good one, man. This is a fan favorite film that I feel like for some reasons like not as popular as some of the other ones. Mm-hmm. But it, it yeah. but it's awesome, man. I love this movie. So great pick. So Kronk is your number four. 
So my number four is is one of the classics, man. You know, it's it's one of the ones that's kind of on the Mount Rushmore of, of Disney films, I think, animated films. It's Beauty and the Beast from 1991, uh, the animated Beauty and the Beast, I want to point of out. Of course, of course. And I'm going to pick Belle as my number four. So I, I just love this character, and I can remember loving it when it came out, too. You know, in 91, I was probably 15-ish years old. When I saw this movie, we owned it on VHS tape. My family did, and I watched it many, many times back then. And I just remember being in D to that character because she was it was something new and something different to that Disney princess kind of era where you know she was smart and she was intellectual and she was kind of a heroine in a way but still a princess at the same time and then you have kind of the morality of the story that plays out where you know beauty is within and this story of Beauty and the Beast I mean hundreds of years old and Disney just did this really cool spin on it and I thought Belle was such and I still do Thinks she's such an empowering female character uh, for young girls that was a little different in terms of like the Disney princesses go. And I think you'll see that even when I get to my next pick, which spoiler alert is also a Disney princess, is even more so. So it even gets kicked up another notch. Okay. And I think when that empowerment gets thrown around in the Disney princess era, you you often see that as times get modernized. Uh, you know, Disney and other studios and other creatives out there, they kind of adjust to what's going on around them. And it's not such an outdated view of these female characters. And I thought Belle was one of the really early signs of that because she is a very independent woman, you know, and she is very like, you know, Gaston, get off of me. Like, I don't like you, even though every other girl in the world wants you. Do you know what I mean? Uh, And then she ends up, you know, finding beauty within this beast, you know, this ghastly creature that, uh, you know, would rock most people to their core. But she's able to find the good in him uh, and they're able to kind of, you know, save each other in a way. And I think it's very beautiful. So, you know, the live action remake, I mean, it wasn't horrible, um, but, I, you know, I mean, this is a classic to me, man. So I'm just sitting there going, I'm sitting there going, why did you do this? Like, (laughs) why are you messing with perfection? You know, that's just my that's just my opinion. Uh, But anyway, what do you think about Belle from Beauty and the Beast? That's my four. Yeah, fantastic pick. It's on my honorable mentions. Uh, she has was always my favorite princess, Disney princess growing up. Um, you're right, she's just a little more complicated than most of the preceding mm-hmm. princesses. Um, now, of course, they got even more, like you said, like even more heroine, like kick butt uh, princesses right. after afterwards. But, you know, this is 1991 and she's... Uh, kind of, you know, stepping outside of the box of a Disney princess already. Right. And I don't care about the the people who say that the Stockholm Syndrome stuff. I don't know if you've heard about that. Those those people that argue that, oh, she fell in love with her her captor, like Stockholm right. Syndrome. That's a bad look for Disney. I, I, I don't buy it. Uh, right. I think she's great. I think I had heard whispers of that kind of controversy, if you will. But I don't I don't subscribe to that either. I mean, you know, it's yep. obviously or I should say it's obvious to me. I don't know. If obviously it's not to everyone but it's obvious to me that that wasn't the intent Uh, and and it's a classic story I mean it's not like Disney created the story in 1991 Um, but I thought it was great man and I love Belle and I'm much like you she's not my favorite princess but she's in fact it's probably like a three-way tie for me for Disney princesses so I guess I could say she's my favorite (laughs) she's definitely definitely up there the upper echelon so yeah all right man you're up next what do you got at three all right my number three 
three is where we have that crossover with Jack Sparrow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, like you said, he is just the piece that makes the first Pirates movie one of the best movies of all time. It is definitely in my top five like movies of all time. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. Um, I just love the original Pirates movie. And uh, the second and the third, like I said, quality movies as well. He just has this way of being like you think he's an idiot. You think, you know, you can you don't have to worry about him. And then all of a sudden he's a step ahead of you. You know, when he makes those um, those pirate or those, uh, I guess, people at part of the Royal Navy be like, that has to be the best pirate I've ever seen. You know, just those kind of (laughs) outsmarting the guard, like incredible uh, moments. And then the music plays in the background and you're just like, get the chills. So Jack Sparrow, great lines, so many quotable lines. uh, And and Johnny Depp is just his best performances, I would say. It it really is, man. He just did such a great job. And I've seen interviews with him where he like harnessed, you know, Keith Richards from the Stones. Yes. uh, You know, and stuff like that. And just the the artistic process he went through to create that character and make it his own was really cool. So obviously I share your sentiment because that's a crossover for us as he was on my list as well. What are you doing? You burned all the food, the shade, the rum. Yes, the rum is gone. Why is the rum gone? One, because it is a vile drink that turns even the most respectable men into complete scoundrels. Two, that signal is over a thousand feet high. The entire Royal Navy is out looking for me. Do you really think that there is even the slightest chance that they won't see it? But why is the rum gone? So for my number three, man, another Disney princess, much more modern, and kind of what I was saying with Belle at my number four, you get to see a graduated version of this. And let me do the math real quick because I'm not very good at math, but this would have been... Um, uh, sorry, like 22 years later. Okay. In 2013, from a movie called Frozen, which was a cultural phenomenon and still is, really. It was, yeah. But Elsa is my number three. Okay. So Elsa is such a misunderstood character, Um, you know, and portrayed by one of my favorite, like, kind of Broadway stars, too, and Dina Menzel is the voice, and, you know, lends her voice to a lot of the songs that are sung on the soundtrack as well, which I love. And, I mean, just such a torture character that she has she harnesses this ability that's really deadly you know and it really uh, is a source of pain and discomfort for her ever since she was a small child Um, you know the tragedy that occurs with her parents and her kind of being forced into a distant relationship with Anna her sister as a result of that she's just in this life of solitude because of her because of herself she can't help it so as the movie progresses and we get into the second act and third act of the film you know she begins to become empowered and she begins to see those powers and those you know that quote-unquote disorder or whatever that she thought she was suffering from in the beginning of the film and she's able to use it to her advantage and um, you know, becomes like this powerful heroine before her eyes, you know, saves the city uh, or village or whatever. And uh, it's just tremendous imagery. And it really shows like, you know, that could be used as a simile for any kind of, you know, thing that's holding you back or that's holding young people back. It's like, you don't have to let it hold you back. You can embrace it. You can harness it and you create can create something beautiful with it. And I just, I think it's great, man. I mean, you know, this movie... Got beaten to death, you know what I mean? Uh, especially some, mm-hmm. especially Let It Go and some of the tunes from this. Yep. Uh, yep. Because my daughter was, you know, around 12 years old when it came out. So you can imagine the number of times I had to play that soundtrack. Um, so that, you know, 
tarnish it a little bit. But when I'm looking at it for the work that it is, I mean, she's just such an empowering um, princess that kind of overcame her, you know, dysfunction and, and the odds that were against her to become just this this badass heroine, in my opinion. So um, that's why Elsa is my number three. What do you think, man? Yeah, I mean, I got to be honest, I didn't expect we'd be getting a, like a, a Disney princess from the, you know, from the 2010s from you. I was expecting to get more from uh the renaissance era not to call you old or anything well but. there you go you're <laughs> on to something <laughs> but uh but yeah that's a good pick i love i love elsa i'm i uh i was about the age when frozen came out where it was like i was i was trying to decide if it if it would be uncool for me to go see the movie you know right, that, that right, kind of age right yeah that's where, that's where my kids always come in handy you know? <laughs> yeah exactly so, so i went and i loved it right away and i was listening to the soundtrack and i was you know uh trying to not you know overplay it uh right away but it was so good and then frozen 2 of course even um yeah, was... solidified those characters even further i think did a good job pushing forward their stories so yeah also is a great pick yeah. for sure yeah that was that was really good too uh frozen 2 i enjoyed a lot as well the sequel all right man so elsa's my number three we're up to our runner-ups perry so i'm excited man what do you got at number two? Oh, runner up so this was tough um i ended up moving these around quite a bit but at number two i've got jim hawkins from treasure planet wow this, yeah. this is one I haven't seen in a long time, man. So you're going to have to remind me and kind of tell me why you why you landed on him. Yeah, absolutely. So Treasure Planet is a favorite of mine. And I've actually had to, well, had the pleasure of reviewing Treasure Planet for not only my own podcast, but a couple of other uh, shows recently. So it's really fresh on my mind. Okay. Um, and it's always been a movie that's, that was extremely related, re- relatable to me. It's, it's a kind of boy targeted movie from just outside of the Renaissance era in 2002, I believe. Um, and Jim Hawkins is this like 16, 17 year old boy that is kind of a screw up. Uh, he can't do anything right. He just wants to make his mom proud, but at the same time, like he keeps disappointing her. Um, and it just tells the story about he gets this opportunity to to shine with you know chasing uh, Captain Flint's treasure and um, in the in this whole battle he faces internally with like you know you learn that his dad ran off when he was young and it's just this incredibly deep powerful story that um, not that I related to the parental structure of, of Jim growing up. Thankfully, I didn't have to, to didn't relate to that but but it was just it was a very relatable to movie as as a a boy of a similar you know age that just kind of wants to do something in the world wants to make something of himself and and back when i was you know a teenager Jim Hawkins was like just a figure that I found extremely relating. And now as a little older than that, it's still uh, a really powerful story. So, well, that's cool, man. That's one I need to revisit. It's actually come up with the show before too. And I just haven't seen that one since it came out. I barely remember it, Um, but I know people adore it yourself included. So I need to check it out, man. So, yeah, Jim Hawkins, Treasure Planet, your runner-up. Absolutely. Cool, man. All right, well, here's my Pixar rep- representation at number two for me, and it's uh, the titular character from WALL-E from 2008 is my number two. Okay. Um, this is probably... I'm going to go out on a limb here. I've actually made that list. Perry, if you'll bear with me, I'll tell you. Okay. <laughs> I've actually made my a ranking of my of the Pixar films. And I want to say okay. I want to say Wally might be my number 1, but let me just confirm. Yeah, it's uh yep, Wally's my number 1 Pixar film. So, I had to go back cuz I made that a couple years ago. Sure. But yeah, so Wally, I mean, this is my favorite Pixar and it's a sci-fi film which you don't really get a ton of in the Disney properties and especially animated. 
And this cute little robot is given the task to, to clean up trash and recycle and compact trash because the earth has become overrun with it. And, you know, thousands of robots like him, that's all they do all day long. But this particular robot has a keen kind of sense of what's going on around him and humans that existed before he was there by watching them on TV and finding their knickknacks, you know, mixed in with the garbage. And he meets Eve, who is another droid that's been sent to earth to find life and she you know he had found a plant and she finds the plant that he is that he has in his trailer and you know hijinks ensue from there and they end up in space on the ship and it's just a beautiful story it's it's an adventure story and it's done so well because you know when you think of Pixar you think it's a kids movie right and you think it's a family film, which it is. But I mean, the first 30 minutes of this movie, roughly, there's no dialogue. None. Yeah. I just, you know, nobody's saying anything with the exception of clips on the, you know, screens and stuff. And, you, you know, you got to imagine a young kid sitting there in the seat watching this, but somehow it works. And uh, they just are so endeared to this Wally character. And, you know, he carries the whole film, but particularly in the first act, like what I'm talking about. I mean, if, if that doesn't work, if the design of that robot's not done as well as it is, and it just kind of, you know, his charming kind of appeal, uh, you know, it's, it's very similar to like, you know, E.T. as an alien from E.T. Like if E.T. wasn't as charming and kind of intriguing as he was, I don't know that that film would have would have been as successful as it was either. So I love Wally, man, and I love kind of the weird kind of love story between him and Eve that develops throughout the movie. There's a lot of really cool imagery with Wally, you know, floating through the stars, and he kind of reaches up to touch the stars because he's just so mesmerized. He doesn't know what's going on, you know. Um, it's awesome, man. So I love Wally. It's one of my favorites, and it's definitely my favorite Pixar. So I had to put him in my top five characters. What do you think, man? So uh, I gotta be honest. I got a controversial opinion about Wally. Uh, this has come up on our show quite a bit, and, and thankfully for me, I guess maybe not thankfully for the like dynamic of the show. It might be more entertaining otherwise. But my my co-host uh, has a similar opinion to me that I've always grown up thinking that Wally was kind of boring. That <laughs> the was, movie, you mean? The movie Wally, yeah, was was kind of boring. I have it at 18 on my my rankings of I guess oh, there's wow. 22 right now. 18. So I have it 18. Yeah, of course, Cars too is miles below like way worse but <laughs> well that's something like they're not close but uh but but yeah i just i guess uh i see the beauty in it it came out at a time for me where like i wasn't looking for the beauty in animation so i've grown to appreciate it a little more now that i just you know am, am starting to getting into the aesthetics more of animation and the techniques and just how things look rather than just the entertainment value but the first few times i watched this i just remember thinking man this movie's boring you know 30 minutes in no dialogue uh um, and so it didn't land for me because really it was it was an animation flex at the time for Pixar. Oh, it was sure, yeah. Showing what they could do. Um, and so something like The Good Dinosaur, which was the same kind of idea of an animation flex that came out in 2015, landed a little more because I started to appreciate animation a little better, even though the story, you know, wasn't great in that in that Good Dinosaur mm -hmm. movie. So I would put um, I would put Wally. I mean, I appreciate your opinion, obviously, but I would yeah. I would put Wally even among my favorite sci-fi films. Like if wow. if we were doing that, and I, you know, I'm, I'm not I'm trying to like do an argument debate thing. Oh with no, you no worries, <laughs> over no it. worries. We I do mean, these kind of debates all the time on the show. Yeah, I mean, obviously, everyone has their opinion about you know whatever movie is being discussed, but I don't know, man. Wally just connected with me because I just felt him i was connected to him from from the get-go in this movie 
Yeah. And he was just so charming, man. It was like you wanted to see his kind of, you know, bumbling. You wanted to see him be a success and you wanted to see him basically save the world. I mean, really, at the end of the day is what we're talking about here. Um, And not only that, but I mean, there was obviously social commentary built into this film, too. Right. So, you know, the the earth is being overrun by garbage, which, of course, we, we did to ourselves. And then you get in space and you see the humans that are still left are, you know, being carted around in mobile carts because they're too late easy to get up and, and go to the fridge or whatever so they're having their food you know brought to them and they won't even get out of their chairs you know yeah, uh so there's a lot true. of social commentary built in to that and a lot of truth i feel like built into that with the society that you know when this came out and even up until today so i don't know i, I get what you're saying but i did connect with it and i love this movie i i revisit it frequently and i've we haven't done top five sci-fi on on this show movies but i feel like wally would be up there for me because it's really really one of my favorites so nice that's my number two nice. character man sorry you didn't uh agree with me there but it's okay you know <laughs> hey, it's, it's all right yeah. you know i respect it it's, it seems to be one that pops up very high on a lot of lists so i i respect it it's also the only pixar movie with a uh with a live action yeah, character I, uh, as well so. I, yeah i remember reading that also um the actor just passed too uh fred um willard right yeah, he was the the yeah. president yeah. in those in those clips. So yeah, and he just passed away recently. So man, all right, man. So that's my number two. We're up to our number ones, buddy. So I'm excited. Uh, go ahead and reveal what your number one Disney character is, buddy. Yeah. Okay. So number one comes from my favorite Disney animated movie of all time. And he, it's just, you know, probably the best voice acting performance in an animated movie of all time. I've got the genie, Robin Williams' genie from Aladdin. Yeah, this is the one, man. This is my number one also. Um, okay, great. Yeah, I didn't know, you know, because, you know, I didn't know too much about your history because I haven't listened to those episodes purposely. Sure. So I didn't know for sure, but I didn't know how far back you went with that era. But I'm, I have a little story about this that you may or may not have heard on the show before. But this is also my number one. But why don't you go ahead and talk about why you picked him? Sure. Yeah, it just goes simply stated, uh, Aladdin, favorite movie, probably, you know, up there with my favorite movies ever. Obviously, there's some live action movies that probably can't compete with, but it, it is a staple of my childhood. It is just genie's performance makes that entire movie robin williams uh i don't know if you've seen the sequels uh which are pretty bad but you can just tell like robin williams as a like human being putting the voice into that character is literally just he breathes life into it in Mm -hmm. a way that no other voice actor can do even when they try i know dan castellano uh, i think voice of homer simpson uh tries to do genie in the first sequel Mm -hmm. and it's just like it's garbage. I mean, it's, it's, it, you just need Robin Williams. Right. I, I feel like half of the lines are ad-libbed from him. And yeah. it's, it's just incredible. Yeah, it's, it's- like you know 70 percent improv from him he's doing his he's yeah. doing his comedic bit you know uh he's, yeah. he's basically doing his stand-up in the booth i've seen uh <laughs> i've seen behind the scenes of the voice acting with him you know doing uh lines sure. that we are iconic at this point but when he was kind of going through that and he was doing so many different takes and just saying so many different zany things and then we see what ends up making the movie you know is an impersonation of arsenio hall or something that he ended up doing just like in the middle of doing 20 different things you know and that was what they ended up keeping um, just such a high energy person 
and what a perfect animated character to harness that energy that he had. Uh, you know, if Robin Williams as a comedian and as a person and as an artist was going to be drawn as a character, you would imagine they would probably draw him as an otherworldly genie. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it just <laughs> fit him so well. I mean, it's such a perfect uh, casting decision that was made. I know it was voice, but I mean, just such a perfect, perfect casting choice. You know, my story with this movie, this is also my number one, is the genie from the animated Aladdin. Uh, you know, my story is, and you may have heard this one, it came up on, we did Disney songs last year, our top five Disney songs. And uh, I mentioned it on that episode too, but my first job that I ever had was at a, uh, like a drugstore called Eckerd's, which is now Rite Aid. And I don't know if okay. it's kind of like a Walgreens type deal. Sure. Yeah. I know Rite Aid. And uh, I was a cashier there and the stock boy and whatever. And uh, I'm dating myself here, but this was in the early nineties. So uh, that was my first job. I love my boss. His name was Mr. Edwards. I'll never forget him. And they had just started coming out with those TVs that had the VCR on them. Do you know what I'm talking Talking about or are you too young for that yeah no no uh, i got you so it had the tape head right there on the tv and we were selling this model of tv at the eckerd's that i worked at and the only vhs that we sold was aladdin uh that was okay. the <laughs> that was the only one we had uh for some reason i guess we weren't very good at ordering uh, movies to sell with it i don't know but so we would play that movie on a loop uh, we had it on display, the TV, you know, trying, wow. and that was the only movie we had. So we just played that movie over and over again. And I never got tired of that movie. You know, this is as a, you know, 16 year old kid, you know, and I just, I loved it. I loved the music in it. I love seeing the kids that were in line with their folks to buy, you know, whatever and watching it like in awe, like, oh my God, this is great, you know, and trying to get their parents to buy it for them and, and so on. Uh, so I have a lot of great, great memories from this movie and one of my first jobs, you know, and that's really cool. And then we already talked about, and uh, we could go on all night about Robin Williams. I mean, just such an icon. And this is, uh, you know, I've talked about this before too, but I would say Aladdin is probably up there with like Goodwill Hunting, uh, yeah. which he won the Academy Award for, is probably his best performance, which is crazy because it's a voice yeah. performance. It is, it is crazy. Uh, but yeah, so great, man. So crossover there on the genie. I agree with you 100%. It's also my number one. So 10,000 years will give you such a crick in the neck. Hang on a second. Whoa! Whoa! Does it feel good to be out of there? I'm telling you, nice to be back, ladies and gentlemen. Hi, where are you from? What's your name? Uh, uh, Aladdin. Aladdin! Hello, Aladdin. Nice to have you on the show. Can we call you Al? Or maybe just Din? Or how about Aladdin? Sounds like, here, boy. Come on, Aladdin! <laughs> I must have hit my head harder than I thought. Do you smoke? Mind if I do? <laughs> oh, sorry, Cheat. I hope I didn't sing the fur. Yo, Rockman, haven't seen you in a few millennia. Give me some tassel. Yeah, yo, yo. Say, you're a lot smaller than my last master. Either that or I'm getting bigger. Look at me from the side. Do I look different to you? Wait, wait a minute. I'm your master? That's right. He can be taught. What would you wish of me? The ever impressive. The one contained. <laughs> But never duplicate. Nicely done there, man. So even after our little Wally tiff, now we're back. Yeah. Now we're back together, man. We're good. Back aligned, back in sync. <laughs> yeah. We're all all is forgiven. I love I love it, man. I love it. All right, so there we go. So why don't you go ahead and just wrap up your top five, Perry, and just remind everyone what it was again. Sure. At number five, I had Woody. I had Kronk from The Emperor's New Groove at four. Jack Sparrow at three. 
Jim Hawkins at two, and the Genie at number one. Love it, man. And then my top five was Jack Sparrow at number five. Belle from Beauty and the Beast was my number four. Elsa from Frozen at three. Wally, which was your favorite pick, at number two. <laughs> and then I also had the Genie from Aladdin at my number one, portrayed by Robin Williams. What did you think of the remake last year? Well, you know, it was it was entertaining. Uh, I liked that Will Smith wasn't trying to be Robin Williams. Um, yeah. I mean, it's it's nowhere close. I I, I thought Jafar was just dry and no, not was. even close yeah, it was so to lifeless. Man, it was weird. Yeah, yeah, but it was entertaining. I had fun with it. I think I've already watched it a second time. So mm-hmm. fun fun enough, but but not you know maybe not necessary. I don't know if this is going to be an unpopular opinion with you as a Disney guy, but I mean, as far as the Disney re- live action remakes go it was okay like i Mm -hmm. could not stand uh the lion king remake no i agree with you um so i thought i kind of like you're saying i I thought it was okay i mean there were parts of it that i enjoyed but there were other parts of it where i'm just like sighing and like going what the hell is this (laughs) Um, so yeah but they're making money you know disney knows what they're doing over there so that's for sure okay about the money they're cashing those checks man all right so before we head over to social media and see what the fans had to say perry on this topic why don't you go ahead and give us your honorable mentions i've got five in front of me that i'm going to shout out what about you buddy Sure, I also rounded out my top ten with honorable mentions. Yeah, you did. And at number six, I was really close to putting her in the top five as uh, as my favorite Disney princess, but I had to stick her at six as Belle. Mm-hmm. And then number seven, I so we were talking about this beforehand as if these were movie characters only. I put Mickey Mouse at seven. Sure. Uh, so I could argue, you know, there's a couple, there's a couple like movies that Mickey Mouse. Well, is Fantasia in. for sure. Yeah, the Fantasia sorcerer, yeah. for sure. So you know, the guy who started it all, uh, Mickey, but don't have quite the like nostalgia factor as like a genie right um and then eight i have mulan Mm -hmm. who is really just incredible heroine in her own right yep and then number nine uh a favorite of mine similar to jim hawkins uh the movie goofy movie (laughs) and i put max goof as my number nine nice and then number 10 just because he bears my name i have perry the platypus from phineas and ferb okay well done my son's starting to get into (laughs) phineas and ferb so that's cool yeah it's great love the show yeah it's a good show man all right so to round out my top 10 my number six would have been woody which of course you mentioned from toy story my number seven would have been mulan i have not seen the live action remake yet but just generally speaking in the story i mean this is a a heroine like if you look up heroin in the dictionary it's mulan uh, literally taking on what she can to, to basically save her country. Um, and it's just amazing. So I, I love yeah. I love Mulan, and I'm actually looking forward to seeing the live action. I just don't want to spend the $30. I'm going <laughs> to wait till December, I think. Yep. Because <laughs> I do have Disney Plus, so I'll just wait and do it in December. My number eight would have been Alice from Alice in Wonderland. Um, okay. Such a trippy ride that is one of those <laughs> Disney classics that you could tell that it was just so experimental. And I love the kind of uh, shy, timid naivety of, of Alice in that movie and just kind of the fantastical story that she's thrust into. And that's one that I can that I can revisit frequently, even even though it's so old, you know, from 1951. Sure. And from 2009 is a movie that I didn't see when it came out, but my son was in a play for it in kindergarten uh, last year. Mm-hmm. It's been about a year and a half now. And because his class did this like kind of play version of it, he watched it like 50 times on Netflix because it was on Netflix at the time. It was, this was pre-Disney+. Plus. And uh, I, it really endeared it to me. I really thought it was a really good story. And it was so far overdue for a 
Princess of Color, but it's Tiana from The Princess and the Frog. Yeah, it's um, a good one. But I, I love just kind of that historical impact that that's going to have for many, many years to come, uh, especially for like young black girls. So that's my number nine. And then my number 10 is probably the funnest character, in my opinion, from The Little Mermaid, but it's Sebastian. Nice. Yeah, talk about some musical numbers. He's got some yes. He's got some classic ones uh, in The Little Mermaid. Yeah, another great voice performance in that as well. Absolutely, man. So, Perry, this is a lot of fun, brother. You know, I, you know, we talk Disney. We've done Disney movies, and we've done Disney songs on this show. We're going to be doing Disney villains with my friend Lauren, who also works at Disney World. Oh, that's great. Uh, she won't tell me what princess she is, though, but she <laughs> she's a Disney princess, and they're not supposed to tell, like, whatever. It's supposed to, the mystique is supposed to be there, you know? Sure, sure. Well, the, their friend, their friend, the princess, or something like <laughs> that's that. Can't, right, can't that's, right. There. that's right. That's yeah. right. But uh, she She's going to do Disney villains with me in the, in the near future. But this was fun to do this, man. I appreciate you coming on. So before we head out, brother, I'm going to go over to the Facebook fan page and just shout out the fans. You know, I'm so busy these days with COVID and everything else that I, I keep forgetting to put it up in advance. So I just put it up today. Uh, but we're going to head over there and see what the fans had to say. We did get quite a few shout outs over on the Facebook fan page. So if you're cool with that, let's see which ones yeah, were mentioned. Let's, that, let's see which ones were mentioned that we did not mention. All right. So over on the Facebook fan page, patron of the show and friend of the show, Chris Yaney, said, here's his list. He says, Kit Cloudkicker from Tailspin, Darkwing Duck, Max Goof, Goliath, and Monterey Jack from Chippendale. So I think he went all TV there, right? A lot of Saturday morning cartoons. Yeah. Darkwing Duck. Darkwing Duck. I like that shout out. That's a good one. Jared Taylor also shared that Darkwing Duck with a little gif of it there. Okay. Um, Becca, patron of the show, says Ray from The Princess and the Frog, The Genie from Aladdin, The Cheshire Cat from Alice in Wonderland, Esmeralda from The Hunchback of Notre Dame, and Phil from Hercules. Oh, some good ones. So how about this? So Patrick and Joey Mills, two great friends of the show. Patrick's actually a patron of mine as well. So he started things off by sharing a gif of of Baby Yoda, the child. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's hard to refute that, you know. I th- <laughs> it really is. It, I get into this thing though where I can't like I feel like Star Wars is its own thing. I don't know. I mean, I know it's Disney now and it's on Disney Plus, but I just. I don't know. I just get in my own head. You know what I mean? I just yeah. Think, I'd keep I'd keep them separate. You can make your own list about Star Wars characters. Right, right. I just think I immediately think Star Wars for that. But I mean, it is Disney. And then mm-hmm. Joey's got the Mandalorian, and he's got a GIF of him saying, "This is the way." <laughs> he also says Gurgi from the Black Cauldron. Mm, that is a call right there, mm-hmm. man. Mm-hmm. Gurgi. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, Julio from the Contrarians. I have an explanation for Julio, but he wants to know okay. where the love is for Timon and Pumbaa. So that's a good question. Well, for me, they're a duo, and I was trying to be true to the list and only do one person or one character. But yeah, but classic, right? Yeah. I mean, I think I wrote an article once for a blog I was writing for uh, about like ranking Disney sidekicks. And I think they ended up like as a duo being maybe number, I think I put Genie number one in that too, but I think I went with Timon and Pumbaa at number two. So it's interesting that I didn't go back to them yeah. for this, but I think you're right because they're a duo. It's like, who do I put? Right. I don't know that they work without it playing off of each other. Right. Uh, my buddy Justin from the Epic Film Guys, he uh, shares my sentiment on Sebastian, but this is how he phrased it. He said, oh, that lobster thing from the mermaid movie. <laughs> <laughs> I listen to their show a little bit too. They're pretty funny. Yeah, so yeah, they're uh, they're good dudes. And then Christiani uh, re- responded to him, and he said, "Yeah, crabs, good in the ocean and good on the plate." So there you go. So let's see. Well done, uh, Brad from the Cinema Guys says Stitch 
We didn't mention Stitch from Lilo, That's a good one. from Lilo and Stitch, and he also says Wally Perry. Oh man, uh, maybe it's just you guys. Uh oh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> let's see what my buddy Michael says because um, he was trying to get in a last. Oh, here we go. I got his list here. So he was getting a last minute suggestion, and he was like messaging me, going, "Have you recorded yet?" He's a he's a big <laughs> Disney guy. So we will end on Michael Hill, okay. good, good friend of the show. He's been a guest on the show before. He says Maui. We didn't mention any Moana characters. I we just didn't. I just realized mm-hmm. I love Moana too, actually. Uh, great soundtrack yeah. too. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Stitch Lila from Sky High. That's a that's a curveball pick. Lila from is that the plant bending chick? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I was hoping you could tell me. I haven't I think seen that, that in forever. I, I think that's her, but I'm not positive. And then he says Mulan and Merlin. So that's that would okay. that would be his five. So thank you, Michael, for the suggestions there. So that's the suggestion box this week, guys. So Perry is here from his show where he actually dives into Disney quite a bit. And I saw in your catalog that you have quite a few Disney slash Pixar animated kind of episodes. So yeah, if they found if they found this episode because they're into Disney, and they like hearing people talk about that. They should probably go over and look up some of your stuff. So why don't you tell them where they can find you online and whatever else you want to point them to over there, man? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you guys should. Uh, if you're interested in Disney stuff and that's why you're here, then check out. We got some underrated Disney movies rankings. Um, we do soundtracks. We've done drafting Disney songs. We've interviewed um, the animator of Mushu or the director of Goofy Movie. So mm-hmm. plenty of stuff on there for you guys to check out uh you can find us on spotify on uh, apple podcasts anywhere pretty much you find your podcasts on and then you can go uh follow us on insta at banter underscore pod or at banter pod on facebook awesome man perry thank you so much for being here brother you're a first time guest hopefully you'll come back do you like to just so i know do you like to venture outside of disney oh i will definitely maybe venture outside do, of disney yeah maybe we could do something uh, a little spooky or i don't know we'll figure something out for you to get yeah, you a little bit absolutely. out of your comfort zone there. i definitely uh am a, a movie guy outside of disney as well though i haven't i i don't have the um indie experience or the uh <laughs> the older movie genre experience as well that it seems like that you you can you can really tackle on this show but well that's I'm, okay I'm a little man more I, I, that's okay because what i like about what i've started doing in the last year or so is i'm letting the guests pick the topics so you know if if you want to come on to do a movie topic then like you know whatever you whatever you're passionate about and whatever you have a deep pull to pull from uh you know i'll come up with a list and we'll have a great conversation so uh All i'm right. looking i'm looking forward to having you back though man but this was a lot of fun so this was our top five disney characters and in an upcoming episode we're gonna be doing our top five disney villains i gotta work that out with my friend Lauren but I want to try to get that one in by the end of the year so that'll be a great accompaniment to this episode Perry thank you so much for being here man it was great to have you yeah of course enjoyed it absolutely man all right guys so take care we will be back with another top five and another pee on the pod take care guys Thank you for listening. Two Peas is an independent podcast. 
We rely on donations from our executive producers in order to release new content weekly. Please check the show notes for a current list of all of our executive producers. If you would like to join them to help us continue to release great content, please visit Two Peas on a Pod at patreon.com or check out the show notes for this episode. Again, we sincerely thank you for listening.